I haven't even heard of half these bands. I love that about this place. God, Lane would want to live here. Who's Lynn? I don't know. Grunge band out of Kentucky. Two albums plus a double A side single disbanded in 94. Thanks. Everyone, this is another episode of That Record Got Me High. I am your host, Rob Elba. It's great to have you all here. I am in my home, and I have a guest here in my home with me. Third time returning guest, I'd like to welcome to That Record Got Me High, Mr. Jay Reeve. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, thank you for having me back. It's great to have you. It's great to see you, Jay. Yeah, I, don't I know. See, I don't see many people these days. I haven't so. seen anybody in like two years. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it, it's so weird. It's like it's almost like we might as well have, have been in a prison or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Underground. <laughs> right. But we didn't even do anything cool to get no. to, to get put. Put in isolation. <laughs> All right, for those of you who don't know, Jay, I, I just say you're, you're the president of Mutant oh, Sounds, wow. right? The Mutant Sounds Noise Net Label. Yes, Net president. Label. President yeah. sounds very oh, yeah, official. Yeah, a uh, founder, and it's still going strong, right? Yep. Yeah. Ten years uh, this coming fall. That's awesome. That's great. And yeah, it, it's. I mean, for if you're into different, you know, different things off the beaten path, uh, definitely worth checking out. So, MutantSounds.com is that the best place for them to go? Yes. Yeah, yes. right? So, I'll okay. take it right to the band camp page. Right, right. Which is, yeah, it's confusing to get there on its own. So, go yeah. to MutantSounds.com and uh, check out Jay's stuff. And what what is the record that you brought to talk about that I am personally excited about? Oh, but go ahead. What's the record? I actually literally brought the CD with me. It's nice. uh, Slint Spiderland. Yes. The let kind of kind of not super well known, but no. very infamous. Yeah. Legendary yeah. in a way. But the reason I'm excited, Jay, is a lot of times people bring stuff like you know that's maybe off the beaten path people haven't heard of, and it's and it's new to me. But I could probably say that I knew about this record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew about Slint, and I knew about Spiderland, and I've been a fan for a long time. So yeah, I, I, I was happy. You know, good, good. Yeah, I mean, I, it just felt like it was something. Cause I had one other pick, and I was like, you know, I really need to. This needs to be addressed before I move on it needs doing to be addressed, anything. And I was waiting for someone to pick this because yeah. uh, for those. Of you for anyone who don't know they were a slint were a louisville uh, a kentucky band yeah. right from yeah. louisville kentucky uh in the in the late 80s they formed and uh they only basically did uh, two albums two albums one ep this is their yeah this is their second record uh released in march uh march 1991 on uh, touch and go records yeah. 
and they broke up before it was even released. They yeah. they broke up. Yeah. And yeah, so a lot of and so they never actually got they put out this record. They never got to really tour it. They never there promoted was, yeah. it. They didn't do interviews. So it or, sort of added to the mystique of it. Yeah, it was very. Uh, they were a very mysterious band. Like, I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know their names for the long. I don't know when I found out their names. Oh, okay. You know, okay. I didn't know anything about them. Um, you didn't know. You didn't know they broke up either. Right. Right. Until well into the nineties, when they're like, "Hey, is there going to be another album?" Ever. Right. And, and like, well, I like, think they nope. broke up. <laughs> so, when did you first hear them? Um, I would say probably, probably about 1992. Uh, being from New Jersey, we had this great uh, radio station near Princeton, actually in Princeton University, uh, 1033 WPRB. Uh, we discovered, we, my group of friends, kind of all discovered that radio station and somebody heard slint on there and was like oh we gotta get that you gotta check this out so yeah that's basically where i heard it my friend's apartment oh, okay who, uh, and yeah. it was that record because they record the first record they actually recorded with steve albini yeah yeah which you were a fan you're a fan uh, of steve albini's work you got the first record you did with us was yeah. um shellac shellac that's yeah. right Yeah, so they kind of sought him out, and he did their first record. And their first record's cool. It's different than this yeah, one. Yeah, it's not even yet yeah, the same animal, oh, really. No. I guess they didn't want the same thing even though they uh, they appreciated him and they liked his yeah. production they felt they wanted to go in a little different direction and right. I think they made a good choice because th this album which who did they record it with um, in Chicago again right it was uh, Brian Paulson Brian Paul yeah okay. yes Brian yeah. Paulson and uh, they basically the music's most of it is recorded live right yeah I would live imagine a lot of it was live a lot of overdubs but for the most part, it seemed like it was all live. Yeah, and the ba and I don't know. There's such a hard band for th for those who don't know. How would you just describe them? Because they're they're not they don't really sound like anything else. Although moving forward, other bands did yeah. were definitely influenced by yeah. them. And you could you could name bands that uh, I was thinking like. Um, Mogwai, Godspeed You Black Emperor, Sigur Rós. Yeah. Uh, but what is it? it? They call it a post-rock or a math-rock, people I call it. I would say it was more math-rock, uh, post-hardcore, but not as a genre, but more as like a time frame. It was like, you know. Right, right, right. You know, but it was between hardcore 1986, you know, the end of hardcore basically is, right. as it was to 1992 is kind of like where grunge took over so it was kind of in that middle right area which yeah. i you know is i consider to be the post hardcore yeah right frame. and they were uh, two of the guys um brian mcmahon and uh Britt walford played in um 
squirrel bait. Another really well-known Louisville. I mean, well-known. You know, well they were uh, also an influential uh, band and from Louisville. And th- these guys were really young too. They were yeah. like teenage, They were literally in middle uh, school when they started playing I didn't know that at bands. the time either. Yeah, I mean, it's like your high school band makes it somehow. Right. Quote unquote yeah. makes it. Yeah. They made it to some kind of infamy, but it's like they were kids. They, I think, they were in. The band, when they were in high school, they probably under a different name, uh, I believe they did that first album before they kind of all went to college, or some of them went right, to college. Right, right, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then they, they got the first it, one. came back out of college. Is that, it's all kind of like hazy. Right. Because I don't really know if they graduated or what happened. All of a sudden, they were back in Brit's parents' basement. Right, right. See, recording, yeah, uh, yeah. practicing this. And, practi- so. and, and all right, so that's the thing. I, I think that sort of adds to just how different and unique this is. They're, they're from Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And they basically, yeah, they're young kids. And they would play in this kid, in, in the drummer, um, Britt uh, Walford's parents' uh, basement. And they play like every day. And they do, they'd work on, like they'd get these little chord progressions. And they would play them for hours. Yeah, yeah. And they'd sort of develop them. And that's how this uh the record is it's so if you come at it thinking oh i'm gonna hear songs i'm gonna hear this right yeah it's like it's not that at all there's only six there's only six songs (laughs) yeah and it goes so fast and uh yeah even though the songs are pretty long they're long but but it's just uh yeah and it's you know obviously they are songs i mean the first record is funny because they didn't even they they recorded these songs, but they didn't have titles, so they ended up titling them yeah. with their parents' names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and each song was a different parent's yeah, name, which is you know kind of cool, I guess. I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, Brit's parents were really cool because they you know they kind of like uh, they kind of nurtured the band in the sense it gave them a place to play. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know that's important. My parents kind of did that for me at the time. You know, when I was playing, that we would be the 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 house that had oh, the band right. play yeah. in the basement. Me too for a while too, yeah. actually. I did that too. And they and really that put up important. with a lot of crap because oh, that, know, that's right? an awful thing. I Listen to a high school uh, band yeah, playing. I don't think I'd want to do that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were so, cool. And yeah. and actually, I saw the a documentary you had sent me. Yeah. There's a documentary. Um, really uh, good documentary. Breadcrumb Trail. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. It's definitely worth uh, watching. And you and you just... it, it It's weird because it kind of... It, it kind of tells you a lot about these guys, man, but it, it not really like they're still very, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's just, they're really interesting characters and they're not like your typical band of kids no. that get together, form a band. It's like, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There didn't seem to be a, a, any drugs usage mentioned nor was there any girls. Around. No, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, they were just like, yeah, kind of, they were just very, ba- you know, but they were very serious about yeah. their music, and they're also great players. All right, so let's let's get into the band. You got Todd Brashear, who's the right. bass player. Uh, David Pajo, yeah, great guitar player. Who I sort of when I discovered them, and then I realized David Pajo, like later he played with. 
tons of bands. Yeah, there's a, a connection after this with uh, he played in Interpol. For he a did while. for a while. He was playing bass, and he played with all right, his. He had a band Maurice before before yeah. this, but then he played with uh, Stereo Lab, Royal Trucks, uh, Tortoise, Zwan, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Yeah, uh, like you said, Interpol, and most recently, who did Gang he play with? Four. Just recently, Gang of Four. He's, he's like the he's, guitar yeah, he's the guy in Gang of Four. I watched some videos yeah. of that and he's just like <laughs> but so he's like he's just a, an amazing guitar player that I guess by the time when he joined them he was the best uh he he could he was already a shredder but yeah. in this band he learned how to not shred right how right. to do like the opposite of shredding and yeah. just it was all about uh just the the sounds you get and um very uh what i love about listening to this is that the songs uh, take their time yes yeah right yeah it's just like okay you got this thing it's not verse chorus verse chorus no, nothing no. bridge nothing it's like yeah they got this one riff and they kind of you're kind of sitting there waiting because the the payoff is this bigger riff that's going to come later that just come like takes sometimes. your head off and it's going <laughs> right. to come eventually it's going to come but you in different be ways too yeah you got to be patient <laughs> all right so we got brian mcmahon who does most of the vocals but it's yeah. not like he's really a singer he was the reluctant they they, they needed someone yeah so he stepped up and a lot of it's spoken word yeah he's just sort of speaking over it but it's but it's great it's just very it just has a very unique effect to it all it gives it all just sort of this you know creep a little vaguely creepy creepy yeah it's like he's whispering talking yes yes and it's not something that you sing along to or anything there's no (laughs) nothing hooky like that right and then all right and for me the the glue of the band is brit Brit wall for the drummer like you i know you as a drummer must appreciate he is an amazing yeah. drummer he's a great drummer yeah uh, i don't know how he does half the stuff that he does at such a young age he did it he, at just... young age yeah because you watch in the in the uh documentary you actually they have early them rehearsing and you could see already he's like he's like one of these drummers where you could tell it's sort of just in him he doesn't have to think about it right. he's just he's just becoming part of the song and yeah. one of the song and he actually i mean it, it's funny because he ended up i found out i didn't i had no idea that he played on the breeder yeah. the breeders in their first in pod and on safari something there he went yes. under a, a pseudonym like girls uh, girls name so i never knew that but it makes sense because yeah. the the drumming in that and steve albini actually yeah got him recommended him, him because Beale. he knew yeah. uh yeah what a great drummer he was so yeah all right so you've been uh so you've known about this band have you i'm assuming you've turned other people onto this band over the years i think i've tried i don't know <laughs> if i've ever been successful but yeah i've tried to play it for 
people that have come into my life that have like in, enjoyed music. Right. And it kind of, it's kind of like a head scratcher. Like it's not like, it is, like I said, you can't have expectations of, of you're going to just hear some indie band that maybe people forgot about, yeah. but made a great record. And it is, it's, it is it's, all that, but it's just, like I said, it's not like anything else. No, it's nothing. And I, there was nothing before. I mean, what, what sounded like that before? Right, right. Any and I'm sure they were know. influenced by Sonic Youth a little bit, yeah. just in the fact of the you know not not traditional song structures and using different sounds. But still, they also did everything. It's there's something very pure about them because yeah. they don't use a lot of effects. I mean, they basically have like clean guitars and they have yeah. heavy guitars. Yeah, and it's loud and, they just and got, it's quiet. Exactly, and yeah. they got the drums and the bass, but they're not yeah. throwing in a lot of extra stuff. That's one thing I think maybe on the first album they didn't... I mean, the original bass player quit after the first yeah, album. Yeah, he didn't like the, uh, he the didn't production like, of... Well, yeah, because Steve Albini threw a bunch of shit on there like if they were talking in the studio, he yeah. had that, which he likes to do. But even Steve Albini later on admits that he probably should have let them uh, just be yeah. themselves more and not bring himself into it so much, which I think he learned later on yeah. as far as producing bands. Yeah, there was a, a funny story about uh, Brit uh, house-sitting for Steve Albini at the uh, at his studio. Yes! Where he, where it's in the documentary where I guess he flooded the house and he, and, and uh, caused all this. Uh, yes. He locked himself out of the house. He and I think the, the 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 words were something along the lines of uh, I guess he didn't really know how a house operated or how to right, operate yeah. a house <laughs> because he like, basically destroyed it. <laughs> yep. And uh, and actually, there's a, a Jesus Lizard yes, song, yeah. Mouth Breather, which yeah. uh, supposedly is about him. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, Steve Albini had told David Yao about him, <laughs> and he said, "Well, he's a good guy, but he, but he's a mouth breather." <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the song is uh, basically about that, which I didn't know until the, the right. documentary. No, no, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. The documentary definitely, um, and also I didn't know. Uh, you could tell these were young kids. And like you said, in, in a way, kind of innocent kids that were just, yeah. but they also had problems. And especially, I mean, the singer, Brian McMahon, first of all, he was in that horrific yeah, car accident yeah. right before they recorded this. He was, he was hit basically trying to help someone on the road. Right. He was hit by a car. And uh, did I, I love, they mentioned, they said that in the documentary, right? That they, they people thought he had died. Yeah. They, the people, the bystanders like thought he was Dead. And then when he was in the um, in the ambulance, they said 138. They did like a code 138, yeah. and he started singing the Misfits yeah, song. Yeah. We are 138. <laughs> like, oh, he's a lot. Yes. Yeah. So somehow he made it through all that, and they made it to recording. And, and then the recording uh, kind of broke him. Yeah. And then he kind of had to go somewhere after he, he went away. As yeah. soon as they were done, he checked himself into a in, into a hospital. And that's basically what broke the band. I mean, yeah, they were supposed to go depressed. to Europe. And, and, I know. And, I know, and it's crazy when you think about it. But I've also I read uh, I saw an interview with David Paho uh, where he just said maybe it was the best thing that what yeah. we did is the best thing for the band because yeah. he doesn't know right. where they would have gone or what direction or if it would have been healthy for them. And they all a lot of them still kept the music uh, for the most part and played in all all different kind of bands. But this there's just something really special about this. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how they would have topped it. I mean, it's probably a good thing because you know how some bands are like they come out with that great album and then you just hope the next album is yeah is just as good or better. And it's right, like, right. But man, you have this, and what a uh, what a document of like yeah. something just crazy, weird, but 
vaguely it sort of gets under your skin right yeah yeah it's kind of it's the album you put on and you like when it when it starts on the last song you're like ah oh, it's over I, you know, I got to listen to it again. I know I've been doing that again. It's yeah. a great car uh, record. All right, so let's uh, let's yeah. listen to it. Let's get into the first track. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of the beginning of Breadcrumb Trail. As an opener, it's really great because it kind of sets you up for everything that yeah. that they're about, you know, and what this record's going to be yeah, about. Yeah, it kind of right? leads you and eases you into it. Yeah, kinda. yeah, because you got what? You got these complex uh, guitar arrangements that are very hypnotic sounding. And like you said, they sort of build up and then you get, they explode. But um, it's not, it's different than other bands that do the quiet dynamic thing it's yeah. different than that because it's still even when they get heavy it's not the same as aggro it's like less aggro yeah right it's more of a it's more of a feeling not aggressive but it's more like a awakening type of thing yeah yeah just, right right it's like whoa all right yeah, <laughs> and now so were you already playing when you were getting into this were you playing drums already no i was but still playing guitar oh okay okay yeah yeah because I was wondering if this, if like this drum style and everything, influence was an influence on you. I'm thinking I, probably yeah. Later right? on, yeah, I tried some of his uh, some of his little tricks that he does here and there, and it's like it's really complicated. Like I wrote down, I found this website that tells you time signatures, and oh okay, it was saying something like it was seven four to four four. It goes to twelve eight to five eight. Right, six, there's the whole math rock thing, yeah. I guess, but it's not something you really. I guess you could think and dig into it, but it, it's sort of it, it does make you give you put you a little off kilter listening to it. But it's not so obvious that they're doing it just to do it for the right. sake of like showing off doing right, it. Right. It just feels orga- It feels very o- organic, yeah, right? Yeah, when they're they're, doing it's it. not like yes or King Crimson. <laughs> exactly. they're, they're doing very progressive. Not anything wrong with that? <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, but it seems like they were probably more of a feeling rather than thinking. 
you know, wholeheartedly. Yeah, exactly. That, oh, we're going to play this in 12-8. Right. You know? And the uh, spoken lyrics, all right, so it's a tale like a boy that meets a fortune teller at yeah. a carnival, and they go on the roller coaster together. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's pretty interesting. It's all very, like I said, it's evocative, but it's unset- a little unsettling, too, right? Right, yeah. It's just like, and then there's a mention of a pirate ship in the beginning of this, and then yes. uh, fast forward to the last song where there's a ship also referenced. Exactly. So I think there's some exactly. kind of tie in all that. Yeah. It's my, almost like a dream. Like, like the, the yes. way it starts is kind of like a lucid type of dream where you're kind of just walking in. A lot to, of this record feels like that yeah, to me. It feels yeah. very dreamlike. And yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's just something that's sort of built into them as a band. And and like I said, part of that probably has to do with where they're from, kind of isolated, you know, band and playing in their his kid's dad, uh, his parents' basement yeah. and just sort of being very uh, just insular, you know, where yeah. they're just uh, the four of them together and, um, and just really uh, just sort of creating this like weird thing that that's not like anything else you know? yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and um is there oh the uh where the music picks up around the 124 spot because right. we talk about going on a roller coaster ride with, oh right the, right right with yeah. the fortune teller it kind of like that's where it takes off where, where he jumps on the roller coaster and the music kind of speeds up and, and gets a little bit more dramatic right so they kind of like but the the thing is that the music was written first and then uh, Brian later tried to add the words to it, so we kept playing the songs over and over again. And he, he would do it in his in, in his car outside of his in front yeah. of his parents' house, right? <laughs> yeah. Just sit in the just, car yeah. and like, sing it just real quiet. Just completely isolated, laying down in the back seat, nobody knew. Yep. So I mean, it's kind of like where everything's kind of coming from with the uh, the scope of the lyrics right. and the right. kind of like the isolation, maybe. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just uh, yeah. At the end, he says uh, the girl. Uh, falters it like like you said it builds up that and then at the end it gets sort of quiet again and it says uh the girl falters as she steps down from the platform she clutches her stomach and begins to eat yeah the uh, ticket taker smiles and the last car is ready <laughs> who told you that you could leave yeah i mean that's creepy yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just like what <laughs> but it's very dream it is very dreamlike yeah uh and then speaking of dreams and nightmares you get the next song <laughs> Nosferatu Man, yes. uh, which is awesome, too. And obviously, you know, inspired by the uh, 1922 German Expressionist film, Nosferatu. But again, the music, like, stark and intricate, right? Yeah. Let's listen to Nosferatu Man.
gonna still. I mean, as we as uh, when I edit the episode, I'm gonna put more of the music in because yeah. obviously I'm just playing little clips of these songs but these songs most of them go on for like five six minutes yeah. and there's a lot you know there's a lot going on and and part of even when it's uh when they repeat things again it, it, it's too in effect to get in a certain effect, yeah yeah because you know? that that heavy riff that comes in that they bring back a couple times right right and then at the end they just gets extended and then they start rocking out on it yeah yeah a, <laughs> like, yes but that whole but that whole opening <laughs> that's just so good that that, yeah. that groove that really and yeah. it's very and it's very stark and simple and ominous kind of because it's kind of oh, like yeah. him, like plodding well, and what does the... he start he starts i live in a castle i'm yeah. a prince <laughs> <laughs> on days i try to please my queen so uh yeah it's just um you know I, I was wondering like when you first got into them and listened were you paying attention to the lyrics so much or just it just all no. sounded really cool right it sounded cool it was yeah. like it was kind of an instrument as well, but it wasn't like you were listening. I mean, you picked up words, but you didn't really even know. Like, I had just recently read all the lyrics. Right, to right, right. And I kind of wish I didn't, because I <laughs> wish I didn't really know all that. I, I, you know, I, I know what you mean. Although they're they're they're, they're they really good. Bad, though. They're good. They're they are good. good. But it's cool. It's kind of like yeah. It's kind of like when you're just experiencing it all. It's probably better. Whatever yeah. you just whatever you came up in your head, what it is, right. is probably or what's he what, singing about exactly, I mean, exactly. Big. But it just all sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's That's like, uh, yeah, and I mean, there's not really much. I mean, with the CD, you just got like this insert. Oh, yeah, you don't have much nothing. info on there. You're not yeah. even any info on, on the band. Right, right. So you didn't even know, like like I said, I didn't even know who they who they were. So it's like there's definitely nothing about oh, lyrics or anything. Oh, yeah, it's great. Uh, the anything. cover's great. Just a black and white shot of them in a in a quarry lake, yeah. like with their heads just uh, just barely bobbing up over the water. Right. And they're and they're like got these weird smiles on their faces, though. Because they're, they're, they're probably like close to drowning. Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From what they said, it was like pretty far out there. Right, right. Uh, it's great, though. Hey, everyone. Rob here. You know, bringing that record Got Me High to you every week is a labor of love for me. But it also takes a lot of work and money web hosting fees, software subscriptions, and especially purchasing the music that we feature. Luckily, I'm able to continue producing this show every week thanks to our fabulous patrons. Now, I know what you're thinking. Rob, why don't you just start getting sponsors like other podcasts? Well, mainly because I don't think anyone really needs to hear more ads for CBD oil and men's grooming accessories and whatnot. So for now, I'm sticking with Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Or just go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search for That Record Got Me High podcast. For as little as $2 a month, you too can become a patron of the show. You'll get a personal thank you from yours truly. You'll get our bi-monthly newsletter. You'll get to participate in all of our awesome patron-curated episodes. And most importantly, you'll become part of the That Record Got Me High family and help keep the show running. So do me a solid. Please consider becoming a patron today. <laughs> All right, so now we get, uh, this is the drummer, uh, Britt Walford, actually sings and plays a guitar on this one. Okay. And I guess it's about, it's kind of like a lonely, like an awkward guy at, at a party, so it yeah. could be a little autobiographical. I'm going to actually got two clips from this, because this is one of the longer ones on there, and it's just, I don't know. So I'm going to play Don the beginning first outside. of, uh, this is Don Amon.
So yeah, the whole early part of the song is just so yeah. slowly building, and it's got for And I guess it's a, in a way, it's about social anxiety, and yeah, that's what that's it what sounds like. Yeah, that's what I wrote down: <laughs> social anxiety, tension of being of Don being in public. Right, right, and it, right. That 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 plotting that 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 guitar just like takes its time. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of makes you anxious. It's like, okay, well, all these other songs were going through right. something and got there. When's this? <laughs> yep. And then it yeah, builds so gradually. And then eventually he comes to some sort of epiphany, but, but <laughs> they don't tell you exactly no. what it is. But listen, I got just another part of the song queued up. Uh, I want to play a little uh, Donovan. to do i love how it just sort of how it how it goes back into that opening thing yeah and uh and then he says he he was responsible in the mirror he saw his friend what does that mean (laughs) who is don i know and he saw his friend but he saw himself so it's maybe someone that has like a dual personality going on which um yeah you know what the thing also that that the documentary was really good at pointing out were these were Basically, these were young kids that would like play practical jokes on each other and would goof around. So these were like goofy kids. So they weren't like super pretentious, serious kids. But whatever this stuff that was coming out, it was like some real shit that was that was like repressed, probably so repressed inside that this this was the outlet for it. But it wasn't it wasn't anything so obvious. You know, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like people make the they make it and they don't even realize what they're doing. Right, yeah. It's just like where did this come from? And they were so young. They were so young, right. <laughs> it's like that line, what is that line from what is it Swingers when he uh, says, "You're so money, you don't even know your money." <laughs> you're, like, no. you're so money, you don't even know it. That's what I keep trying to tell uh, all right. So, uh Washer, this is the this is the longest and the most cinematic I think yeah. on the record, I think. And uh, and and in this one, he he uh, uh, the singer. Well, whatever the singer, we're calling him the singer. Um, Brian McMahon right. really sings on this. Yeah, 
And it's funny in the documentary, Steve Albini admits, like when he first heard it, he said, ah, that wasn't a good idea. You shouldn't have him sing. And then later on, he realized he said, he said, yeah, that was listener error. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listener error. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it comes off kind of like Kermit the Frogish, I want to say. And in it, just, sense. it sounds very twee and that, but yeah. it's also, I don't know. It's just something, it feels very like, like honest, like yeah. emotionally honest in a way these guys, I feel were also kind of like emo, like kind of pre emo in a way. Yeah. Just because the music is very emotional without being forced. Emotional. Right. But you do get, I mean, I feel, I get emotions when I listen to this thing. Yeah, right? yeah. There's definitely a lot of underlying pain and heartache there. Right, right, and right. There's so much that his uh, his girlfriend saw the lyrics written down and she was like, are you okay? Oh, yeah. Because she, she thought it was, like she a, thought suicide. It was a suicide note. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is understandable. But yeah. all right, let's listen to a little bit of Washer. Pretty and kind of sad sounding, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that slow, slow drum beat that's like off time. Yeah, yeah, and he's got that the little roll, the yeah. little roll snare. He's yeah, he's just really good. Like I said, it's just something that just comes natural. You can yeah. tell, and uh, yeah, it's great. And and you, yeah, it's so fucking young. And <laughs> yeah, it's like where <laughs> does this come shit. from? Right. But, I mean, but from? later on, there's like, I mean, so the riffs just. Kill you. Oh yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it, like, it's comes like out of nowhere because like the then it builds up and then it, it stops and then it builds up again and it stops and then they finally hit it with the the actual riff that right, they've been right. building to and just like oh fine. But you have it, it, you just you have to take your time with yeah. this whole record. That's why I, I know you say you tried to turn people on to. It's probably the same thing. I probably tell like actually I have a friend who lives in Louisville and I asked yeah. him. I said I said you know Slint. He goes you know I've, he said I've heard a lot of people talk about him. <laughs> yes. I don't know and I go well check. I told him to watch the documentary too and listen to it but I think he would really like it because he's a Velvet Underground fan yeah I mean, and I see uh, similarities just in the in, in the starkness of it
yeah. and uh, the fact that it's so stripped down and the fact that it's diff- so different than traditional rock. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> or post-punk or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when we were playing Don Amon. There was like, um, that was very Velvet Underground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Where it's sure. just like it starts picking up with just the guitars just strumming really, really fast and creating that tension. Right, 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 right. Um, all right, so now we get uh, an instrumental, which is a really simple, like, bare-bones instrumental. That it, it, this one's funny because this one's all about uh, tension. Like it has the tension, but it never you never yeah. get the release on this one. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it resolves at the end where they hit that last chord. It kind of just like yeah fixes everything that it was <laughs> exactly. going on. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's I guess that was it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's listen to you. this one's called uh, for dinner. So like delicate and quiet, you know? Um, Yeah. You know, also I was thinking it's like really brave of a band to like go in and do shit and say, well, this is, this is what we're doing. And this is when we're going to do, this is going to be a song on, on our album. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that uh, touch and go already said they were going to release. I mean, they were, they already said they were going to put this record out and they did. And, and, um, it's it's like brave, right? Because yeah. you would think uh, most bands, young bands, would think, well, what are we going to do? You know, that's going to get played on college radio, or what's going to, you know, what are we going to do to get known or to get? And and it's like they were just, you know, they just did their shit. What they were, what they'd been working on for years, playing together. Yeah. That's what they wanted the to crafting get down. this. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever hear the Four Carnations that which came out after this? No, I, I didn't listen to that. I it's, listened to the first one. It's but pretty I didn't good. To that. Yeah, I mean, I had the one on. I have the one on vinyl. I, I don't even know what it's called. It's probably called the Four Carnation. I believe David's on it, and I believe. Uh, Brits on it, right? But I mean, again, there's no credits. But right. it's a lot like this. Yeah. It's kind of close because that's kind of what I, I. Oh, there's a. Oh, they they broke up, but there's another band right, that, that right. has <laughs> some of the guys in it. So yeah, I was yeah. like, I went out and found it, and it, it's pretty good for what it is. But it's not this. It's not. It's not Spiderland. It's, it's not right. Yeah, yeah but it's kind of got the same the same aspect of right. Of, yeah. of the indie type of flavor. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so now we get the epic closer of the record. Uh, yeah, which, like you said, they, they mentioned the ship at the beginning, and this kind of, um, on the surface, it's a narrative about, like, a captain who is a survivor of, of a ship uh, a shipwreck, but 
it's a metaphor, I think, for like for, for like them for like childhood and growing up. I feel like yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and oh, it's so good. I, I, I it's just so good. So let's listen. To, I got two 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 different parts queued up on this. We'll listen yeah. to the opening of Good Morning. Left the storm took them all. He managed as he tried to stand. The tears ran down his face. Please, it's cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So I feel like uh, part of it is like sort of because I guess that was you know the the thing is I think whatever uh, whatever issues uh, he had mental issues you know when you're young that it, it, that all gets amplified. Yeah. And you don't realize that things are going to get better and that it's not all, everything's so, so serious and so important. And, and they were, uh, I know they were struggling with like, cause you know, they're, they're, they're from uh, Kentucky and their family's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. you know, you gotta get a real job. You know, <laughs> is this, is this going to be your job? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't pay anything. It doesn't. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's something about it with the, the child. I thought the child that was, that's mentioned, that's, that appears, was him and he was kind of talking to himself right but uh, it was also they said it was also the rewind it was also part of um the story of the ancient mariner so i'm just wondering how they there's like two stories it seems like there oh yeah that, yeah that no, kind of gels he, together but it doesn't have to make sense yeah no i don't think it's don't, a don't specific... try to make it sense yeah. of it i don't think of, there's a specific really a uh, uh, ironclad narrative but he also I think he mentioned this in the documentary that in a way like he thought maybe he was he was speculating himself that he was really singing about his brother, his younger brother, because in a way he felt like he like he felt trapped in Louisville. But he when he left and went on tour and was right. doing stuff, he felt like he was leaving his brother behind. Right. Right. And like what's going to happen to my brother now? You know? Yeah. So there could be part of that there too, but uh, yeah, the song it just builds and builds. And uh, David Paho for he's so great because he's so great at not like I think he he even said that he was really proud of his lead, uh, of his guitar part that's like basically one note like yeah. doing all this stuff with one note where normally like a couple years earlier his instinct would have been to play like 500 yeah. notes yeah he was like it would have been shredding and exactly you know, yeah but but it's like for someone like that you know it it's in there it's all in there you yeah. know we've we've known musicians like that like dan hosker yeah. you know whatever they do you know you know it's all in there but it's it's a lot of times it's it's what they'd leave out also. Yeah. And what they don't play. Right. Uh, all right, so let's listen to a little bit. Now miss you.
Me and Jay are just looking at each other. <laughs> what, what do you say? He was like, uh. yeah. Well, and and it, it's like I guess uh, like you were saying, he, they didn't. He, uh, uh, whatever the vocals and stuff, he did at the end. So none of yeah. no one else in the band knew he was going to start they, doing they, this. They, where I miss you, you know. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, and I miss you. And it was cathartic but they were all like kind of freaking out and then yeah. at the end he was embarrassed and he said i don't know if i want to keep that and like david bio said no 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 we're, no we're you gotta keeping see that. <laughs> you gotta see that yeah there was a uh somebody i know knew somebody that knew the engineer and they were gonna scrap this whole album they weren't even gonna <sighs> wow i don't know some somehow somebody had the right mind to, right to not, right not to shelve it yeah i don't know you know <laughs> well it's hard, you know, sometimes it's hard when you're and and all right, so we should mention when this when they did release it, Touch and Go released it, but they were already broken up. Like yeah. basically this this poor kid had a nervous breakdown right yeah. after doing this. Yeah, I think he had it right at that point. I think so. Like I I, yeah, I think so cuz they said they thought he made a went and, uh, threw up yeah. like vomited right yeah. after. So the record sold like hardly anything at all. It was like but it sold like maybe 5,000 copies, but then every year yeah, it would it sell more. and then it would keep selling right. every year and it just by word of mouth and people would discover it. So yeah, it kind of became this like, like this just like cool little thing that a lot of, and, and like you said, you could hear so many later bands that were influenced by, by just a lot that's going on in here. Uh, Godspeed you Black Emperor, I for sure had yeah. been influenced by this. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there's like uh, a lot of the AMREP uh, bands, amphetamine, reptile oh, right, bands. right, right, yeah, yeah. A lot of them, like, took directly from this. I mean, they took it to another. I mean, they were a lot more louder. Right, but, right. I mean, bands like Today's the Day and, and Neurosis, you can just hear that they took that thing where they just build up, build up, build up, and then, you know, loud, right. soft, and then they just let it go. Right. And a lot of bands copied, not really copied, but they were influenced by this. Yeah, they were influenced, but but some, it's something that could easily be like a gimmick that could sound almost gimmicky in a way, yeah. you know? And even though some bands I listen to and I'll, and I'll say, oh, that's kind of cool, but I, I feel like, oh, it is, it's kind of gimmicky though. But you could tell when it's just done, when it's very organic and yeah. it's the real deal. Yeah, and obviously if, this is the real deal. Yeah, I mean, if this came out like later in the 90s, you could have been like we could have just kind of wrote it off and be like you know okay well I was expecting this right right in yeah in a sense with everything <laughs> that was going on the environment you know Prost uh, never mind yes but, uh, right right but I mean this came out like in 1991 and there was literally nothing I think that was really like this at the time no because like it's like we we keep saying that was like grunge you know once Nirvana hit and like all these bands yeah, then sort of was, took over yeah. and it was that aggro but it's funny you could still even here I swear I hear some of like uh, Stone Temple Pilots like quieter sh shit and stuff like that forward yesterday makes me want to stay what they said was real makes me want to steal living on the house it's like you know you hear some of that when they didn't you know when those bands would back off and not be so aggro right right you could uh you could hear it because this is uh you know this is like not not a band trying to be 
rock stars. No, not at all. Or over the top or anything. There was nothing. It's like the opposite of that, right? Yeah. There was uh, actually, you, you kind of had hope that there was going to be oh, yeah, cause something else. Oh, yeah. Because they say on the record, they asked for a female yeah, singer. Yeah, interested female vocalist, right? And it was his parents' he put address. His parents and, <laughs> and they got all these letters. And supposedly PJ Harvey wrote and wanted to, to right, join. And so right. there was always hope that there, there was, was going to be yeah. something else. And I love that his parents still get, like, people write <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, still write and show up. That's crazy. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, you got to watch that uh, the documentary. Yeah, it's highly recommended, parents. and it's highly recommended to just listen to the whole because I mean, just playing clips doesn't catch anything. That it's that's true. It, yeah, it's true. It's, it, it's true. This is one of those albums. Yeah, that, where you uh, got to listen to it, and it's it's you on YouTube. To. You can you can watch on YouTube, and the, the documentary is on YouTube as well. It is. It is. Yeah, I I have a feeling. Uh, I have a feeling. A, a lot of people know about this, but as yeah. many people also are going to be like, oh wow, I or or maybe oh I've heard of. Them, yeah, there's but, a lot of yeah, because there's a lot of bands that could have sounded like that band Slint, like the name, right? At yeah, that exactly. time they could have like confused. <laughs> exactly. well, and, and it was named after one of their fish. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you hear about it? Since you were, you know, you were kind of more advanced in age as I am at, at 1991. Like, where where do you think you heard I, from? I it? have a feeling. I know uh, Sam Fogarino may have right. turned me on to them because he was into bands like that and he may have mentioned them. And it, and it could be, like I said, it's, like you said, uh, David Powell ended up playing with Sam. Yeah, in, uh, which is crazy. For a while. It is crazy. But I think because we would turn each other on to different bands a lot and I think this is something that he may have uh, turned me on to. But I know someone did, uh, like, in, in the night, you know, in the early 90s, a little bit after it came out. Yeah. You had somebody that picked up the CD and yes. they played it. It was a cassette. I think someone must have burned it on a cassette yeah. for me or something, but I know I had it on cassette. And it's just, like I said, it wasn't like anything else. No. And it was like, at first, you're like, is this is this music? Is this, a, <laughs> yeah. is this an album? Is this going somewhere? <laughs> is this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's great. For those who give it a chance to let it get under their skin, I think. Yeah, uh, it's highly recommended. It is highly recommended. And uh, well, Jay, this was great. I'm glad you. Well, I'm really you glad you brought this me. record. Well, it's always great having you. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, uh, mutant sound. That's m u t e a n t mutant sounds uh, dot com is where they go for all their for all their uh, free noise. Uh, Free jazz, abstract. What, give me some other genre uh, things. It's experimental just, music, experimental, electronic yeah. music, electronic experimental. You don't want to think it's like dance music, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. ambient, that kind of thing. I think I have about like a. This week will be 422 releases. Oh, I that's have. Awesome. <laughs> what's the most recent? What's the most recent release? Uh, these two French gentlemen, uh, whose names I'm not even going to try to say, but they're on there. They're the, the top French gentlemen. One. Uh, I'll play them. Maybe I'll play their <laughs> stuff on there. Uh, it's a duo uh, of double bass, uh, upright bass, and saxophone. Oh, nice. Free jazz. Oh, okay. No drums. Very, very free. Right up your alley. Right, right? up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. And in the French, oh my God. <laughs> are you now? I know I asked you this before the last time. Are you? Your girls are getting older. Either of any interest in any of the music you listen to yet? Uh, like I said, the, the oldest, Maddie, Maddie, does not like music. <laughs> she still, still, still doesn't still, like music. A year later, still has not picked up liking music. Wow. Um, uh, your musical taste has actually turned her off. Music yeah, in general. we were just like. I, we overdid it, and we realized we overdid it with her. So we were like, 
we're like, okay, well, with Max, we got to not, not be it. like that because we're kind of like, Matt, you don't want to listen to like pop music because it's kind of dumb. Oh, right. And right. it kind of ruined it, I think, you for her because she was. She'll, she'll discover I it and come back again. So, I mean, maybe not. I right. think maybe That's she fine. would listen to like drone music or something, just like, brrr. I mean, maybe she'll like something like that eventually. I, or, <laughs> I, I have no idea, but, uh, you know, I'm, she'll be fine either way. Um, <laughs> yeah. all right so don't forget guys on instagram and facebook you can find me at uh at that record got me high also that facebook group got me high on twitter it's at trgmh podcast and you can email me at trgmh33 at gmail.com and don't forget what's the most important thing they should do jay they should become a patron that's right like jay is a patron of the show and i really appreciate you jay and and uh, you part uh, did you? Oh, you didn't send any. Are you gonna do this? Uh, I think it's a, it's touch and go with me with uh, with them with the, with the Patreon. Right. Yeah. Because I, if I could, if I could think of something right away, I'm oh, good. Okay. But then if you I do overthink it, it you're gonna overthink then I overthink it. it. Hey. This one's. <laughs> I have one in mind. I might do. Okay. I'm not entirely bolt. No sold pressure. on it myself. No pressure. But they are fun. <laughs> uh, you could, uh, if you want to participate in our Patreon episodes, they're really fun. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show like Jay and like a lot of my awesome guests. And uh, I really appreciate all you guys. If not, that's fine too. You know, whatever. Do you, you do you. But you could at least like rate it or review it and subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. That always helps you. And and I know Jay, you're great. You always share me on Twitter and stuff. You share stuff. You say now when you say uh, must listen to episode yeah. essential. Do you, are you doing that? Do you really mean that, or are you just yeah? Doing no, that that's though? the what? ones that I really really like. Okay, good. So you can kind of. I'm going to give away my secret. The uh, ones that I kind of just share. I'm kind of like. Okay, that's that's good. Oh right, yeah. I listen, but I mean the ones where I go essential, essential listening. listening those are the ones you really like. That's the one okay, where I, I like. I feel I jump right on and like. Okay, I gotta okay, share good. this and yeah, give and a little bit more. And you surprise me. Sometimes you like stuff that I wouldn't think you would. Yeah, the you last one, the, the Crosby Stills. I like Crosby Stills Nash. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Look at you. <laughs> that was fun. Actually, Kristen, she was a really yeah, it was good a good. She's so good smart. Episode. I feel like she made me sound smarter. <laughs> which is not easy to do. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Jay, for coming. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. I'm Rob Elba. This is That Record Got Me High.